This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. And like most of the rest of the world... Here we are riveted on the Soviet invasion of Ukraine. It was a very disturbing evening seeing developments as they came in. There's shelling, there's casualties, both civilian and military. I think the number is up over 200 now. Uh, especially disturbing long lines of people fleeing their homes. Uh, the estimates are that so far a hundred thousand Ukrainians are on the move, on the run, and UN agencies say that number could go up as high as five million. Total population of Ukraine is just under 42 million. And uh, we heard from Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, and he declared that he is the number one target of the Russians, that his family is the number two target. And he told other leaders that this may be the last time they see him alive. That is just so shocking, ominous, disturbing. Uh, was this offer of negotiations just a red herring? We just heard in Bob's news that uh, the Kremlin has withdrawn the offer for negotiations because they insist that Ukrainian officials would have to go to Minsk in Belarus, which uh, has been a sta- staging area for the Soviets for this invasion. I certainly don't blame them if they don't feel safe going there. I I was a little surprised yesterday that we didn't get more calls about it. I think people are just kind of taking in what's happening and what the implications are. I mean, it is fairly far away in Europe, but we've been warned. Our foreign minister, oh, she's the she's she's the uh, finance minister now, but I'm talking about Christia Freeland who is warning that this could be the end of the Western alliance or the consensus that we've had since the end of the Second World War. And that is a very scary prospect. We have seen the rise of authoritarians, of China, of Russia. Putin annexed Crimea in 2014 with very few consequences. And uh, not all his people are in favor. We've learned that uh, almost 2,000 people, over 1,700 people, arrested demonstrating against this in Moscow. And uh, the consequences for that could be dire. But the fact is that with the Russian propaganda machine, who knows what the reaction 
to that is inside Russia. I see the phone lines are filling up. We had a lot of response to the revocation of the Emergencies Act. There's going to be fallout from that for sure. And has this just overshadowed those trucker convoy protests? Are they done? Or uh, can we expect more of the same? And what do you think? Did the government do the right thing in enacting the emergency measures and also in revoking them so quickly, three days after they actually passed in Parliament? A lot of very different opinions on that. And let us begin with that. Let's go to David in Toronto. Hi, David. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Not bad, thank you very much. Go ahead, you're on the air. Yeah, I wanted to comment about the Emergencies Act. Uh, I don't think uh, that should have been used by uh, the Liberal government uh, against Canadians and all the people living here. I think it's a disgrace. And, uh, you know, why stop at the truckers' protest? You know, the... If you remember the uh, students in Montreal and the university tuition fees going up, how long did they protest? What about First Nations uh, blocking rail lines and disrupting uh, commerce and medical supplies? And then you can even take it further. What about the, the protesters uh, in BC with uh, the old growth forests uh, protesting against chopping them down? That's uh, economics involved, and you could throw them in jail for five years. You could talk about pipelines, you can go on and on and on. It's an absolute disgrace. Uh, and you talk about democracy with, with Canada, with the Liberals, and the NDP are in the Liberals' pocket because they're broke. They can't afford an election. So where's our democracy? Um, well, uh, you know, we had the Emergencies Act in force for three days. The government said that it didn't infringe on civil liberties. And you, a lot of people make the same parallels that that you've been making with these other protests. I guess... For me, the difference is it's, there's a difference in blocking a logging roll, uh, road and uh, really hurting residents and locking down a city, basically, preventing them from earning a living and honking horns to drive them around the bend and a lot of people afraid to leave their homes in the middle of a big city, let alone across the street from the seat of our parliament. So for me, that's the difference. But David, hey, uh, there are a lot of people who agree with you that the Emergencies Act should not have been invoked. And thank you for your call. Let's go to Richard in South York. Hello, Richard. Hello, Libby. Greetings from South York. We're having a nice snowy day here. Um, I'm, I'd like to kind of wonder if there's a connection between all these protests and also uh, what's happening in um, the Ukraine. You know, if there's an agenda where they can stop commerce, they can destroy people's businesses and uh, stop them from even coming to their homes, let alone, you know, you take a look at uh, Occupy Wall Street. You have these protests that are locking down commerce and everything else. It's terrible. Um, you know, if, if there's an agenda, it might be just that there's more to the picture than just a little home front. You know, um, you take a look at what it did to the auto industry. It stopped it. It stopped Canada and the United States from cooperating and even having an auto industry function. Send people home. Well, it it, it uh, definitely slowed things down. 
for a short period of time. Yep. Uh, but the other thing that a lot of people point out is that that particular situation at the Ambassador Bridge was solved before the Federal Emergencies Act was invoked. They managed to take that in hand with Provincial Emergencies Act. It, it's been pointed out to me that one of the reasons was that they were able to hire tow truck drivers from the United States being right on the border. And the Emergencies Act, I mean, imagine this, invoking the Emergencies Act to compel tow truck drivers to move those rigs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like we're in a period where everything is roiling. And uh, we've seen the rise of authoritarians for the last number of years. And, you know, people are saying, if you don't stop Putin, this is just the beginning. I can see that. I mean, it's going to happen here in the United States where they're having a truckers meeting right now. They're, they're going, like, going to Washington, D.C. to block that off. Well, uh, we'll see how far they get. <laughs> I think the uh, the police in the United States are uh, different than the police here. And of course, they've had January 6th. And so uh, less in they are less likely to, first of all, be unprepared and second of all, tolerate uh, that kind of thing. But thanks for your call, Richard. I hope so. Thanks, Libby. Bye. Bye. Okay. Two very different opinions, and it is Free For All Friday, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It is day two of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. You know, one of our guests made it very clear here yesterday, Ukraine, much as it might like to be, is not a NATO country, and there is not going to be a scenario where we uh, put boots on the ground for combat because they are not a NATO country. A lot of Ukrainians feel abandoned. There are Ukrainian Canadians who are upset about this. Uh, and Ukraine uh, believes it is alone. And these sanctions that are being imposed, are they going to be enough? The word is that Putin was prepared for some sanctions and they did not invoke the big, the biggest sanction of all, which is uh, preventing Russia from accessing the SWIFT banking system. And the reason that was not invoked is that Germany was opposed to it. Germany is opposed to it because it gets a huge amount of its energy from Russia. And that is the situation in the modern world. Economically, we are all interdependent. What can we do against China when so much is coming from China? And in the meantime, Stephen Del Duca, the liberal leader, saying the LCBO should stop selling Russian vodka. Uh, there are six brands in the LCBO. And the question is, what exactly would that do? How much is that worth? First of all, the stuff that's in the LCBO, well, it's paid for. And I don't think they're bringing any more in at the moment. I guess it would be symbolic. In terms of trade sanctions from Canada, you know, the fact is we just don't have enough trade to make a difference on that front. Uh, lots of other things to talk about. Uh, we 
talking about the lifting of mask mandates. When should that happen? Let's go to Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Geez, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, Patrick Brown was on the radio. Two quick questions. What has, um, why are kids in the, out in the playgrounds still being forced to wear masks? I don't understand that rationale. Uh, they're outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I don't wear masks outside. I wear masks inside. So uh, the I, I'm not even sure is that the case where the kids it have is. to wear them outside. Yep, they maybe do. they're rough uh, I housing. I drive a school bus and walk my dog, and whether it's in Guelph or in Toronto, uh, at least out here, I shouldn't say Toronto. I don't know because I haven't seen it. But out here, I drive the school bus. The kids are wearing masks. But um, well, of course, in the, the bus they're, they're wearing masks. Pardon. In the bus, they're wearing masks. Of oh, course. yeah, absolutely. So, but outside, I don't understand why the kids are wearing masks outside, but that's just one quick question for another day. But what I'm trying to uh, get to is you alluded before about the consequences. This should have been uh, with the, when Russia first invaded Crimea, Crimea and took it over, there was the incentive for Russia to say, well, look at the West didn't even respond to us taking over Crimea. So, uh, Putin uh, said, well, what's to stop us from taking Ukraine? Well, if they're taking Ukraine, what's to stop China now from saying, you know what, what's stopping us from taking over Taiwan, correct? Well, correct. And it was interesting at some of these solidarity protests, I saw Taiwanese Canadians. And I'm sure that is exactly what they're thinking. And uh, China did not, has not condemned the Russian invasion almost alone. And people have been expecting China to invade Taiwan for a long time. So that's that's where I mean, that's scary. I've got friends. Yeah, I've got friends from Serbia and they're worried that's the next thing. If uh, if Ukraine falls, uh, Putin's plan is to revive the Soviet Union, I would think, isn't it? Uh, Apparently, he thinks that the fall of the Soviet Union was one of the biggest tragedies. And he's a former KGB officer. So anyway, I'll leave you with that uh, thought there, Libby. Thanks for taking it. Okay. okay. You're Thanks. welcome. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's take one more before the first break. Peter in London, you want to talk about chips? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> about PepsiCo and uh, Loblaws. Uh, has uh, done away with their product because Lay's want to put their price up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't real, and a lot of people don't realize how, how much they're paying for potatoes and corn in that venue. And uh, at two hundred grams, if you're paying four dollars for two hundred grams, you're paying uh, almost nine dollars a pound for potatoes, potato or, chips, or, or corn for that matter. Just you're talking about the chips, yeah, yeah. the chips, not the raw potatoes. Oh, no, not the raw potatoes, no. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, yes, so, potato you know, chips are expensive, and uh, this is a multinational that has the power to say, uh, we want more money or else we're not shipping to you. And Loblaw is not without power of its own, and it has in-house brands that would be just delighted to sell you instead of Lay's. Exactly. I was I was in the business for 35 years, so... And, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, that stuff is beyond $10 a pound in a lot of cases. If you look at the new product they bring out, you might get 175 grams, and they'll want 
Four ninety nine or five dollars for five ninety nine for. Well, aren't some of those artisanal brands better? I mean, to my taste, they are. Well, if you Kettle want to pay chips. that kind of money, that's the whole thing in a nutshell, you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, and <laughs> to increase the price now, they're I think they're out, they're out of reach on price anyway. Right, but for you, a lot of people, uh, true. At the end of the day, uh, potato chips are not a necessity. No, they are no. not. That's. Where you can save some money. <laughs> if you notice in a grocery store, you watch some people, how they pile that into their cart. Oop. <laughs> it's amazing. But anyway. Well, yeah, it's an impulse buy. Anyway, Peter, yeah. uh, I and I have nothing against potato chips. I like chips. <laughs> but oh, thanks. Yeah. They're good product, but it's very expensive. Yep. Thanks, Peter, for your call. Have you changed your brand of potato chips? Are you going to? Or is this a good opportunity to cut back on those potato chips, with men, which many people say are addictive? It's time for our first break. We've been talking about the war in Ukraine. We've been talking about the emergencies, mask mandates, and when they should come off. And we are going to continue that conversation. But let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's free for all Friday. That is the day we hear from you and get your take on all these big events swirling around us. And how do you feel? I feel like, you know, it's ominous. It's really worrisome. But I don't want to be spreading anxiety. It's the beginning of a weekend. I'll be back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. Of course, it's the day when you set the agenda and we've been talking about current events. We've been talking about the war in Ukraine, the full-scale invasion launched by the Russians, which uh, got worse overnight. Civilians and military people have been killed. We have so far, 100,000 Ukrainians fleeing their country, going to other nearby countries, notably Poland, which has said it would accept up to a million Ukrainians. Not clear if anyone is thinking about staying there permanently. I think a, a lot of Ukrainians are thinking, well, maybe I have to leave for a while for a couple of weeks or a month. Uh, but when you're in that situation, things don't always turn out the way you think. One of my big questions was, where is the best place to get some aid to Ukrainians? And Bob Kompsik just sent me a note that uh, the Canadian Red Cross is launching a relief fund for Ukraine and the government is promising to match it dollar for dollar to a maximum of 
$10 million. That campaign is beginning today and it will run until March 18th. We've also seen campaigns, moves by Global Medic and through the Ukrainian Canadian Congress and some other arms of that organization. So again, Uh, The government will match donations to a Red Cross fund for humanitarian aid to Ukraine to a maximum of $10 million if you make that donation before March the 18th. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. A lot of people are still reeling from what happened here over the last few weeks. And that, of course, those big trucker convoy protests siege, uh, it basically shut down downtown Ottawa. Uh, A lot of people very traumatized by that. Shut down the Ambassador Bridge for a while. That wasn't good. Also, Coots, Alberta. The government invoked the Emergencies Act. It was voted on this Monday and revoked on Wednesday, which even opponents of the government said was a pretty good move. Not everyone agrees. So again, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Let's take a call from Sita in Mississauga. How are you, Sita? Hi, Libby. You are so right. We are living in a very sad, worrying time. And having this madman to create more trouble, it's even more ridiculous. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. So, uh, Sita, what do you make of watching this invasion? It is sad. I mean, Canadians who, who think that they don't have freedom and our country is controlling their lives, they should think again. I mean, th- he is just doing this to um, make his bank account much and become a much richer person. And hopefully he doesn't become a virus throughout Europe. Well, he's already a, a, a billionaire. Yeah. He's a kleptocrat. Lots of money stolen and stashed all around the world. And I'm not sure that any of those sanctions go to him personally, but there are other people who I guess hold money for him. So that is one of the big levers, but... They knew this was coming, so I'm sure that they have made arrangements for a lot of their money. Sita, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, let us go to Frank in Toronto. Hello, Frank. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? Very well, very well. Um, I wanted to comment on the uh, uh, truckers' freedom uh, situation we had here in Ottawa. Go ahead. Uh, First of all, I think in my opinion, that these guys, they, uh, they really changed the world. As, um, as a small as they were, they inconvenienced us a lot, but their voices were heard. And I think if um, our leaders that be would have spoken to these people sooner and had a conversation with them, it probably would never have gotten as far out of hand as it did. And I think when they were being more disrespected, calling being called fascists and racist and all this other stuff, it made things worse. A lot of people um, think that. A lot of yeah. people are very critical with how the prime minister handled that. On the other but side you, of things, they say, look, these guys issued a manifesto calling for the overthrow of the government. So how could the government talk to them? Yeah. 
Yeah. At, the, at, the, at the same time, when you look at, um, you know, these guys are speaking out for a lot of Canadians who are very upset, A, with inflation. They're upset with gas prices, uh, trying to make ends meet. And when you look at the pressures that we're under now is in, in the economies that we face, okay, um, because this is, wasn't just about vaccines. A lot of trucks, truckers are already vaccinated to begin with. And truckers don't spread vaccines. They work in a very secular environment. You know, they're, they're driving back and forth, and from wherever they're going to drop stuff up and pick stuff up, they don't affect anybody. So those mandates were really quite ridiculous to begin with. Right, but, but they exist on the other side of the border. Yes. Uh, both, both, both governments, I think, were way off base on that. That, that caused a lot of this. But um, you know what? These guys, in my view, they changed the world. Because now these trucker protests are happening everywhere, in every country. Well, uh, yeah, it, they're happening in a lot of countries. And I wonder if the events in Ukraine are maybe going to have an effect on that, maybe maybe put a halt to it as, as people take a look at things. But, yep, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's one of the first time we've, we've exported anything like that here in Canada. Frank, thanks for your call. No doubt. Stay well. Bye-bye. Okay, Barb in Toronto. Hello, Barb. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, go ahead. You're on the air. Okay, uh, the truckers, they want the freedom to choose if they get vaccinated or not. Well, what about the freedom of the people around them? That uh, The freedom to have their health and the freedom not to get sick and the freedom from noise. Uh, they uh, inflicted their fight their protests on other people that had no uh no uh no fault to them uh, what uh, the uh, prime minister imposed on the truckers well it, exactly a lot of people are asking those questions as well yeah and i felt i felt it's very selfish of them to think of themselves that, that uh, their freedom to choose was taken away, but what they're doing is taking the freedom away from uh, people that don't want to get sick. And what about their families when they bring uh, the uh, the Omicron home? Well, exactly. Uh, thank you very much, Barb, for your call. Okay. I hope I didn't uh, talk too much. No, okay. Thanks. That's what Free For All Friday is about, getting your opinion on things. Let us go to Mike in East York. Hello, Mike. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? Very well. Uh, I just I wanted to nip in and out here on, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, our current prime minister. Uh, I'd rather have his deputy as prime minister if I had a choice, but I have to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, I, I don't think he had a choice uh, except to declare the emergency he did. He, and he got a, did a good job of getting it, uh, you know, switched off when we needed to. But uh, the problem was they didn't nip that in the bud. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I can't park in the downtown Toronto street without getting a parking ticket within like five minutes. So the first truck that parked should have got towed immediately. And then and they kept towing. And that might have solved the whole issue up front. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that most people agree that there was a there was a major failure of police intelligence in Ottawa and of policing. And that's part of the reason why it got to that point. And the only good news is we got out of it without anybody getting killed. 
Absolutely. And we got out of it with any of that kind of inconvenience here in Toronto. I mean, we were inconvenienced because a whole swath of the downtown was closed to cars. But, you know, in the scheme of things, I, I, I had to cancel a weekend lunch, but I think I can live with that. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you do have rights. Right. But uh, we do have rights. But, but well, lunch, given lunch the choice of closing a bunch of downtown Toronto or going through what people in Ottawa went through, I know what, what everybody I know is happy about. Yeah, the other issue is the failure of education. That saw Frank a couple of callers earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't think he understands you know, where his rights end and everybody else's begin. Well, yeah, kind of key. That is, that is a whole other kettle of fish. Mike, thanks for your call. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Where are we at here? Let us go to Ed in Hamilton. Hello, Ed. Hello. First time caller. Oh, wait. Thank you for the bell. Okay. Has everybody heard the bell okay? Like, we're, we're looking into that here, so let I, me I know. A little, I heard some kind of a tinkle anyway, so... Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm doing my taxes now, and uh, and when I'm looking at something, uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, the bank interest charge on, let's see, on my line of credit that they charge me, and then I'm looking at my savings accounts, what I pay them, yep. or what they pay me, and... Possibly this could be a topic you have later on in another time and maybe bring some other bank representatives in. But I pay on my line of credit about 2% interest a year, whereas on my savings account, uh, I now pay about 0.025%. Yep. And this is I not a that, new thing, Ed. <laughs> this is been... Yes, I realize it, but like they have, they're holding the line on their own. They're holding the they're holding the line on uh, uh, interest rates to go up, on the, uh, but they didn't hold the line on uh, uh, on uh, the savings account or on my on my end of it because I can remember three years ago I had to pay income tax on my, my interest that I earned. This last two years I have not because on thirty seven thousand dollars I got twenty eight twenty uh, twenty three dollars interest. A year. That's that's not going to go very far. This is an old story. There's there's always a difference in the rates that you pay yeah, and the rates that you receive, and the rates that we receive now are uh, almost nothing. They're negligible and have been for a long time. The word is that interest rates are going to go up. I'm not sure enough to make a difference if you are keeping well, if your money go like up, that. They'll probably go up on the uh, what uh, we pay them, and not uh, and and the banks still make huge profits. And yep. They and that's one of the reasons why, as I said, uh, maybe about uh, three years, four years ago, uh, as I said, I I paid income tax on uh, fifteen thousand dollars worth of. Uh, of uh, yep, of uh, 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 now thirty seven thousand dollars, and I don't pay anything, and uh, uh, it's uh, a hard discrepancy. But I just thought I'd like to bring that out. I know you there's a lot more uh, 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 important topics going on today. With uh, okay, uh, thank you uh, for I'd your like call, to get, Ed. Like to get to thank you for taking my call, Zoom. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, it's been like that forever. Well, not forever. Some of us. Remember, for instance, remember when we had these huge mortgage interest bills 
there was mortgage interest. It was up over 20% in the 80s, I think. Then it was 18%. Uh, my first mortgage, I think, was 12.75%. Those numbers are unheard of now. But on the other side of it, if you put some money aside, you, you did well on it and it was safe. But that has not been the situation for a very long time. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And Gary in Etobicoke wants to talk about license plate stickers. That's another thing we found out this week. The government, the Ontario government, is scrapping the license plate fee, and we're going to get refunds for the last two years. Hi, Gary. Hi, how are you? Fine. And you know what? That check is more than our previous caller is making for interest on his deposits. Yeah. Um, well, I think that it's uh, it's just chapter number five in the uh, right-wing conservative playbook. Like, you know, election's coming up, so let's wave the carrot. And, um, you know, it, it's a, a billion dollars at a time when, you know, we're in record deficits and we could use that for, like, you know, a lot of different things and $120 a year. That's, you know, $10, $10 a month to drive a car. Are, are, are they going to give $120 back to people that take transit who can really use it? And, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, environmentally uh, friendly. And, and how about if your car is worth $30,000, you don't pay anything if your car is between thirty and sixty thousand, you pay sixty dollars a year, and if your car is worth over sixty, seventy thousand and up, you pay two hundred a year because a you can afford it, and b uh, that that way it makes people you know think about driving a smaller car, not a gas guzzler. So, and then just take all the money and put it put it toward transit. Uh- Okay. (laughs) I don't think that's what the Ford government has in mind, but I hear you. Thanks, Gary, for your call. Right. Yeah. It seems pretty clear that the Ford government going into this election is appealing to drivers, say we're giving drivers a break, they're building highways, they're giving people back 240 bucks. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a lot of people say there are a lot better things that we could do with that billion dollars, including helping out the cities. Now, we have to take another break. Let me give the numbers out again before the second break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be right back on the other side of it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. 
Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, this snowy free-for-all Friday. We've been talking a lot about the invasion of Ukraine. And looking at our board here, we have a caller who says he can understand Putin's point. That is uh, pretty well a minority point of view here, but let's take the call. Andrew in Trenton. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Libby. Uh, Yeah, I want to make it clear. Andrew? Uh, We just lost you. You wanted to make what clear? Are you there? Let, Let me try one more time. Okay. Uh, we have lost Andrew. Andrew, please call back, and we're happy to hear your point of view. Let us go to Rachel in Brampton. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? Fine. How are you? Very good, thanks. Uh, I actually want to comment about the mask mandate. Sure, uh, go ahead. I don't understand why they're listing the mandate. Like, is it COVID is over? Uh, especially in the classroom where... Uh, you know, I can tell you, my husband is a teacher, and he has like 30 students in the class of no social distancing. And uh, he he's not looking forward to the mandate being lifted, <laughs> especially kids like so hard to uh, even now to keep their mask on. Now it's like lifting it. I don't understand. Are they saying that the no the virus is no longer a threat? I mean, I'm not following that. Well, uh, they're saying that it's less of a threat, that yeah. we have to learn to live with it, but a lot of people are not happy uh, yeah. about the pace that these things are happening, because it's not over yet. It's not over. Plus, like, the, definitely, in the, like I said, in the school, uh, where the kids are very close to each other, even mm-hmm. now it's difficult. Uh, they're getting cases all the time, but now... You're taking totally mask off. I mean, really, <laughs> you know, uh, they're rushing. That's basically where. Uh, eventually, yeah, they have to do it. But I think at the moment uh, they're just rushing too much. Okay. Yeah, Thank you for your call, there. Rachel. You. Have a nice weekend. You too. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. The numbers to call: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Let's go to Jack in Mississauga. Hello, Jack. Uh, good afternoon, Libby. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, a, a very fine gesture from the Premier, you know, getting that $240 back. I think it's wonderful. But I firmly believe that uh, when the time comes for you to uh, get your uh, renewal, I believe, you know, when you report to, if you're reporting to a, uh, you know, to Ontario uh, office, you know, I, Bob, I believe there's going to be a, an administrative charge of some sort. I, I, you know, you're going to still have to pr- produce your uh, insurance mm-hmm. and you're still have to, gonna, you're going to have to produce your driver's license. And I believe you're, there's probably going to be a small amount of money that you're going to have to, you just can't get, I don't think they can get away with it. I think we're all going to have to contribute some small amount and, you know, they'll probably call it an administrative cost. And uh, that's what, that's my opinion. Okay, well, you know what, uh, they, they'll put it in one pocket and take it out of the other. That's usually the way. Well, you know, that's all. Listen, I've been driving over sixty years now, and I, I know how these people work. <laughs> yeah, as politicians or governments, yeah, that's right. Anyway, thanks for your phone. Thanks for taking my call. Luke. Okay, you are very welcome. Uh, and again, the numbers to call four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We've just had a few calls about the license sticker 
uh, thing, campaign promise that uh, we're going to get the money back. That will no longer be a charge. A lot of people are thinking that is not the right way to go. It's going to cost over a billion dollars. They're saying it won't impede the ability to collect fines or to make sure that people are insured. You will still have to do that every two years. It's just that there won't be a cost attached and there won't be a sticker attached. So again, what do you think about that? Is that a good thing? $240 for a lot of people is quite a lot of money, especially in light of inflation. There's huge food inflation. If you've got a family of four, 240 bucks is probably close to what you spend on your groceries every week or two. It's probably light for two weeks for four people. So what do you think? You know, that's, it's pretty direct. It is cash directly to you and tangible. And I guess that's why they are doing it. Okay. We have Andrew in Trenton back. He's the guy who understands Putin. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> understands Putin. Let me clarify this. Let me, I, I don't sympathize with Vladimir Putin at all. Uh, what he's doing is despicable, of course, invading another country. However, one point that he's made prior to this breaking out for, for 10 years to the state and the NATO alliance is that he did not want Ukraine to be part of NATO. Now, they are not part of NATO, and the only part I can understand with him is Ukraine is on his border, and having NATO soldiers in Ukraine at any given time for exercises or whatever would make any leader um, a little nervous. So I'll, I'll just turn the tables. That would be like um, Russian soldiers or Chinese soldiers um, in Cuba or on the Canadian border. Well, that make- are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Ukraine was nowhere near getting into NATO much as they may have wanted it. So a lot of people see this as a big red herring. Ukraine was not on the point of getting into NATO and other countries bordering Russia, which they used to have annexed to them, are members of NATO, like Latvia. My father was from Latvia, actually. Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland is a member of NATO. So there you go. Those are very close countries, all of which the Russians at some point used to occupy and all those borders, you know, over the course of hundreds of years kept changing. So I understand. I understand that. But, you know, think about this to the next step. So so his motivation is just to create havoc in the world right now and has no no um, plan going forward other than to take a very big chance um, in this war. I mean, he said he said that he wants to have a delegation, and this is what his demands are. So you're telling me now that those aren't his demands, and that that's a red herring, right? Well, I I think so. And he just withdrew his offer, and the reason he withdrew his offer is that the Ukrainians said they didn't want to go to Minsk in Belarus. Minsk being a close ally, a close authoritarian ally and staging area for the Russian army. And last night we saw 
Volodymyr Zelensky telling people that he is the number one target, that he's not going anywhere, and that this might be the last time other leaders see him alive. I don't blame them for not wanting to go to Belarus. They wanted to have the talks in Poland, uh, and Putin uh, has dropped the request. And a lot of people think that he is overreaching, but uh, it seems pretty clear what he'd love to do is recreate the Soviet Union. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch and listen for this meeting. To me, a location doesn't seem uh, to be an insurmountable idea um, on either side to get a agreed upon place. So I'll believe what you believe um, if if I see him back out of this sort of peace treaty thing. Um, but I will not be surprised if they find a place. Uh, and if Ukraine's willing to do that, I, we might have a, a quick end to this. Maybe that's uh, optimistic, but a quick end to this would be good. But uh, the feeling is that the way this will have a quick end is that uh, Ukraine will be overrun and the current democratic government of Ukraine will be overthrown. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, that that is what people are expecting to happen. We'll have to see and let's hope not. Yep. OK, let me thank. Okay, thank you, Andrew, for that. Okay. Bill in Aurora. Hello. Hello, Bill. You're on the How air. Are you today? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, there's yep. quite a bit of noise here. Uh, go ahead. Just... Go ahead, Bill. You're on the air. As I said, is NATO was created for one reason only. And that was to control Russia, Russia's aggression. And Russia's aggression has been history in the making here. And Mr. Putin is a small man. And what he's been doing now is it's been going on for a little while. And he's been waiting for the right time. And he has the right time with the West. The West is kind of in a little bit of turmoil right now with what's going on. And he picked the right time mm-hmm. with what's going on here. Well, yeah, uh, everybody's distracted, I guess, but uh, the world is now riveted on this. Well, at the end of the day here is that he has Canada where we have no military whatsoever. We have nothing. Our government hasn't spent any money to protect ourselves. Our military is still using guns from World War II. Our our young pilots are flying planes that are so old, it's ridiculous. The U.S. is not interested in getting involved in this. Mm-hmm. And at the end of at the end of the day here, we're at the end of a pandemic, and Russia is looking at grabbing some more property. Period. That's what Putin's looking at doing. Hmm. And the Europeans are having issues. You have the British Prime Minister, who has been running amok, similar to Trudeau, and no one's kept them in check. Trudeau's been running amok, and no one's kept him in check. 
You have the French. They've had issues. You have the Italians. You got the Greece. You have all these countries. The Greek, pardon me, the Greeks. You have all these countries that have issues. All these countries that are unstable. So Putin has picked this perfect time to go and run in there because he knows that all these countries don't have the abilities to pull together. And the United States are trying to pull them together. He's trying to get India and Pakistan now together. China is not going to do anything. Well, no. They're not saying a word. China is not saying a word. Bill, thanks for your call. And remember, Mr. Trudeau still hangs his hat with China. Remember, China should be denouncing this, and they're not. Well, what makes you think they'd be denouncing it? Uh, China and Russia appear to be closer than ever, and one of the thoughts was that Putin waited until after the Olympics to be nice to China. Bill? Well, Mr. Trudeau should denounce China. Okay, yeah, okay. Bill? Right? That's, why, that's why the people of Canada are upset with Mr. Trudeau. Okay, Bill, it's thanks. Because you have to say something. Okay, people Bill. People are upset. Okay, thank you for your call. I just want to get a little more in before we wrap things up here. Uh, let me give the numbers out. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for taking my call. I'll be quick. I, I, I find it somewhat ironic, if not laughable, that we have these freedom convoys here in the U.S. and Canada, when arguably we're probably two of the freest countries in the world. And contrast that to what is happening right now in Ukraine. And it seems to me that uh, we're, we're somewhat misguided in terms of how we think our freedoms are being limited. Far from it. And the contrast couldn't be more stark. And that's my comment. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The contrast could not be more stark. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. We'll be back here on Monday, and I'm sure we will still be talking about this then. Have a good weekend, everyone. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.